You see that mountain over there? Yeah, one of these days I'm gonna climb that mountain. Yeah, 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 yeah. Hello, welcome back to the Chattahoochee Podcast, episode 28. Here we are, once again. Caleb, I'm feeling a little footloose and fancy free. Are you? I am, because we are finally covering Alabama. Roll on. Roll on. (laughs) Yep, yep, I am excited about this episode. And if you're listening to this episode on the day that it premieres, it is Monday, October 3rd. Happy October. Yeah, it's almost spooky season again. We're almost there one more time. Yeah, we promised uh, last episode that we were going to do an Alabama episode. And um, we have a couple surprises on how we are going to go about this, though. Oh, yeah. It's going to be a good, going to be a good time. So, Caleb, anything new? Uh, a few things. I know that we've uh, both recently got to travel out and have some concert experiences. Yes. <clears throat> I got to go see um, Tyler Childers over the weekend. How was that? It was amazing. 10 out of 10 is always like, oh my gosh. you know, like what you get on the record is what you get live. Like he just puts That's on a cool. good show. That's um, cool. He did one or two tracks. Um I assume it's going to be on the album that drops. It'll already be out if you're listening today. It came out on Friday. Yes. And then, like, it was a bunch of, like, it was really just, like, a bunch of crowd pleasers, too. Like, um, I wondered about that. Yeah. A lot of stuff people wanted to hear. He did do, he did, like, a short acoustic set where he did, um, like, Lady May, Follow You to Virgie, Shake the oh, Frost. Oh, my gosh. That's cool. Yeah. Um, I like that. I'm trying to think. It was just, it's so good. I think it's cool that, like, he did Creaker, which I love. Oh, did he really? Yeah. Oh, that is cool. That That's a really cool song. Yeah. I think it's cool that he, like, will go such a long time without playing shows and nobody hears from him, and all mm-hmm. of a sudden he pops up, and he's like, all right, we're going we're gonna to swing for the fence here. Like, yeah. we're going to pull out all the stops and play a lot of songs. Yeah, so he was at the... Uh, ready for. Uh, Healing Appalachia in Lewisburg. And then this week, like two days before the album drops, he was, uh, he's going to Red Rocks. Oh, that's insane. What a venue. I'd love to go see him there. Oh my gosh. Yeah, absolutely. He ended the set on, um, even though if you've seen the, the video online he has for like, I think it's also in relation to Healing Appalachia, but he had the SG Goodman cover, the space and time. Oh, okay. Yeah. And it was amazing. Oh my gosh. And I was upset because people were around me were like, Oh, how would he how would he end on this? Listen, it's a good song and he <laughs> is beautiful and he did a great job. He can do um, what he wants. Yeah, great show, great performance. The whole band was awesome. Uh, as far as style points go though, uh Hot Rod Elkins definitely won. <laughs> he had on a beautiful George Jones shirt and uh, a hat cool. that was kind of reminiscent of like maybe like an old Johnny Paycheck hat. <laughs> I'm gonna, he's a future Academy Award winning actor if you yeah. haven't seen the new music. Oh my video. gosh, he's yeah. so good in that. You know what's funny? I I saw him one time in the uh the Huntington Habitat 
for Humanity Restore. Yeah. And I was too shy to talk to him. Yeah. <laughs> I was totally too <laughs> too shy and too starstruck to talk to yeah. him. And like at the time, Tyler Childers wasn't hadn't like super blown up yet. Yeah, it was just like on the cusp of happening. Right. Like he didn't have um all Yorn out on that uh, college football promo that was yeah. running there for for a while. Like he wasn't like super, super big yet, but uh, big enough for me to be totally too much of a coward to talk I to him. I think I'm gonna throw <laughs> <laughs> he seems he seems super cool. Yeah, great drummer also. Uh, heck yeah. <laughs> so yeah, like you said, I also have a pretty cool bucket list experience that uh, happened to Kelsey and I there a couple weeks back. We went and saw Mr. Alan Jackson. You went way down yonder on the Chattahoochee? We went. We went way down yonder at Rupp Arena in <laughs> Lexington, Kentucky. But um, it was, it was, and we were talking about this just a few minutes ago before we came up. It was like, I don't know, it was a totally different feel than the Brooks and Dunn show that we went mm-hmm. to. Like, you know, they had like the huge production and they were all over the stage, especially kicks, you know, like you had like the, like the gigantic LED screens and all that stuff going on, you know, like there's a lot going on and it was amazing, right? Yep. Well, Alan Jackson, he was almost like total opposite from that. Like, first of all, he had an opener. We weren't crazy about it, but we did like it more than Scotty McCreary. You remember his name? No, <laughs> no, not remotely. <clears throat> so was it, you only remember Scotty's name because it was like such a non-memorable, like such a bad experience. Is that what you can recall? So. It? Yeah. I really think so. But, um, yeah, the opener, I mean, he was fine. I feel like he like didn't have like, see, the thing was, I think he and his band were kind of Alan's house band or a house band uh-huh. at AJ's good time oh that would that would make sense i guess yeah and they did play like a ton of like 90s covers and stuff like that anything good they uh let me see i don't remember what they opened with but they after that they played uh some girls do oh nice which was cool and i I did thoroughly enjoy his 90s covers he even did did like a like a medley of several songs there near the end of his set but there's there's just a lot going on that was super duper confusing with like his original stuff and at one point like there was like a a gigantic american flag at the end and the guitarist was just like like shredding the star spangled banner i'm like where in the world did this come from (laughs) like what is happening like america sure they would open with the star spangled banner you know i mean (laughs) but um so, you know, it's time for Alan to come out. And up on the screen, it's just like, and I'm sorry, this is a major spoiler alert. If you're planning on going to this show, I guess yeah. skip forward a couple of minutes. But, um, yeah, like the whole, like the screen up behind him while, while his band was coming out and setting up tuning guitars was kind of like a career spanning video and like just talking about all of his accolades, all of his awards, and different love records. to see that video. It was cool. It was super cool. And, um, so, you know, he comes out and it's, it's obviously like Alan's last tour tour. Like, I'm sure he'll like play stuff here and there. Kind of like yeah. how George Strait was like, yeah, this is my last rodeo, mm-hmm. this and that. And then like plays stuff here and there, yeah. you know, but, um, 
So Alan comes out and he he has like a, a condition. I don't remember what it's called, but like it's like it fixes balance. I remember yeah, that. Yeah. 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 So like, and it it was super super sad to see him like try to get around. You know. Yeah. Because because he walks out and like he's walking like basically walking like an old man. Like he's yeah. struggling to Just walk to around. Just to like make sure he's got his footing. I guess. Yeah. 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 But and I, and at that point I was I was nervous. I was like, he's he's gonna struggle the whole set. You yeah. Know? I was wrong about yeah. that though. So he still got it. Yeah, yeah. So they um they go into like the first several songs and he's just killing it. His well, vocals are perfect. What was the opener? I want to say it was Gone Country. Maybe I could. That's a good opener. Yeah. But what what is cool about his shows, or at least on this this tour, was that um, every song that he played that had a big music video, the music was, video was happening yes, on the screen yes. behind him, like Chattahoochee, of course, even like um, Drive and stuff like that, which is a song I wasn't super crazy about before then yeah now i get it now because yeah. he he tells a lot of stories he talks a lot you know yeah which is great you know yeah I that's, that's what you want you want that intimate, yeah. intimate uh experience exactly and especially if this is like the one and only time i'm gonna get to see alan jackson yeah then i want him to tell me all the stories tell, tell me, me alan yeah. tell me tell me all your secrets yeah i want to know it all yeah i want to know every bit of it he played all the hits you know played the hits but he um he played some songs that I did not expect. He went into and early in the set he went into his cover of Hank Jr.'s Blues Man. Oh, amazing. Tears came out of my face. Yeah. He made tears <laughs> yeah. come out of my face. And I could not control it. I could not stop it. Understandable. It was man, it was fantastic. And like his band, which I think that Almost all of his band was his original '90s band, which is awesome. That's that's cool that because you know you're going to get a great musical experience because those dudes have been playing together since 1989. Yeah. <laughs> exactly, because you could see like on the the music video behind them, like oh that's the same guy only 25 plus yeah. years ago. But they didn't. I mean, they didn't lose their fastball. They were they killed it, dude. Did he play uh, like any obscure? things you weren't expecting or that you wanted him to play that you didn't think he would play or that, that was the biggest one was blues man. But, um, I tell you what that he played. And I think I sent you a video of it. Maybe they did like a, like a, a more acoustic kind of set there, like halfway through the show. And, um, I guess his nephew was there. He said his nephew's a even bigger country music fan than he is. Mm -hmm. But, um, so he played one of his nephew's favorite songs, which was big city by Merle Haggard. Oh my God. Yeah. Dude, yeah. It was amazing. Mm -hmm. It was so good. Like I'm like, I'm in heaven right now. Yeah. Like I could die right now. This is, yep. this is Bury perfect. Rep arena. Right here, right <laughs> here. <laughs> I mean, it, it was a, it was a cool experience. Very cool experience. Yeah, maybe um, it does. It is sad, you know, that he's having to. He's this is the last kind of rodeo for him, right? But I am hopeful that maybe it it opens the door for some things like, you know, maybe we can just take some time at home and we can get like some cool like uh, unplugged sessions, some acoustic yes. stuff, or maybe like some uh, 
revisions to songs, like different mm. versions, like that would be neat. That would be awesome. Like he he had a thing like um, it was almost like a standing stool kind of thing mm-hmm. that like you could hardly see it like when he was up against it, but it was kind of set up like right behind where his mic stand stuff like that's at. Yeah, which um, he I don't think I don't know if anybody in his band were like wearing in ears like mm-hmm. it was kind of like an old school way to do things yeah. nowadays you know oh yeah but they had just like wedges like monitor wedges all over the stage he had like several like in a circle around him and then he had like this stool that he leaned up against while he was singing you know yeah but um man yeah and uh, we were talking about and i guess this is kind of topical because we just had we just passed another september 11th just you know, a couple weeks ago, but, um, he, I don't, I don't think it was a closer, but he did talk about, um, where were you in the world? Stop turning, you know? Mm-hmm. And, um, and that's a song that I never super connected with just, I mean, and maybe it was just because it, we were kind of worn out with it because we heard it so much. Yeah. Like it was uh, all the time. Not, it's not a bad song, no. obviously, but, like what like first he told the story behind the song and then he sang the song and it was the strangest experience in that moment because like everybody in the whole arena was like dead quiet that's a lot of people yeah like all you could hear was alan and the band behind him and nothing else nobody singing along it was just totally silent like everybody in the place was just taking it in you know it was it was a cool experience. Nothing but the utmost respect for AJ. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So yeah, we have uh, we've gone gone to some good shows this this it, we've yeah summer. It's been a good time. Yeah, <laughs> we're still trying to find a way to get the Reba in Charleston. Yeah, we'll see. Verdict's still out on that. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Hopefully that one will be in the cards. But uh, yeah, what a year for yeah. Shows. You might just have to like. Gun down some people and take their tickets, you know. Hey, little sister, don't miss when shame's a gun. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, go to jail afterward. It was worth it. Like, can Mm. you wait until after the Reba show? I could pull a fancy, but I don't know what that would get us. (laughs) A prison sentence, maybe. (laughs) Like, yeah, and uh, we have here on the uh, police report, he said... uh, I might have been born just playing white trash, but Fancy was my name. They said, sir, that's not going to help you in this situation. You have any aliases? Uh, yeah, Fancy. Fancy. <laughs> <laughs> Throw him in the clink. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, boy. So, Caleb. Mm-hmm. We have a new segment. We do, yeah. Yeah, we're... Uh, you know, always trying to expand and come up with some new things. And uh, the new segment is called Why Two Country? <laughs> and you're probably thinking like, wait, we don't do that here. We don't we don't listen to Why Two Country. No, but it is Why Two Country is in why. Why is this country? Why would, why would you? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so the new millennium got really weird really quick for country. <laughs> yeah. And especially when it comes to... Everybody was kind of drinking that Kool-Aid that was like, oh, there's a lot of money to be made on uh, these radio pop songs or this, mm-hmm. you know, this blended country that can be played on 
every radio station kind of. Right. And um, a lot of things came from that. <laughs> a lot. It was a very saturated market there for a while. Uh, bad, bad things for the most part. A lot of bad things. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> Speaking of, did you hear the Shania Twain's new song? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's hard to listen to. It's, it's it's tough to listen to. I have to listen now. You guys, you guys can go just go check that out on your own time. Don't pause this podcast to go listen to it. It's not. Don't do it. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> you can wait. <laughs> but yeah, so um, we're basically just going to pull one each. Pull a song from the era, like two thousand onward in country, or I guess the the early two thousands. You know, two thousand to two thousand ten, where it was just man, it was just so weird. What. Like one day everything was good, and then we woke up the next day, and it was a, a bizarre world. Like you start out, and you're like, "Okay, this is cool. It's 2001. We have Lynn Womack and Gary Allen. Yeah, like things are looking up. Great. Boy, did were we were we caught off guard with what mm-hmm. happened next? Yeah. So we're just going to pick a track, uh, discuss how much we uh, dislike the track, and our quarrels with it and then try to convince the other that we've who has the worst track here <laughs> you want to go first oh yeah i'll go, go first okay here's another one of those this is one of those artists that um much in the same vein as gary allen when he started out i had i was hopeful okay okay i think this was 2006 maybe mm-hmm. Joe Nichols. Okay. <laughs> Tequila makes her clothes oh, man. fall. <laughs> <laughs> that one, uh, yeah. Mm. And it's not even so much like my dislike of the song doesn't even come from so much the fact that it's so pop-driven. It's, it's just a terrible song. Yeah. Yeah, I can see that. <laughs> Did I, Have I told the story about... Um, Okay, 2006, if I'm thinking correctly, was the year. I would, I, we would have been. We were 17. We were 17. juniors, yeah. We were, in jun- we were juniors in high school. I had ridden the school bus. Or were we working through college on uh, somebody's farm? I can't remember. <laughs> <laughs> I remember when 30 was old. Yeah. You remember that? I do. <laughs> Here we are, old. <laughs> <laughs> So I was I rode the bus one day. I can I think it was on the way home, and you know we I guess Chapmanville small enough place to where the uh, high school and middle school they let out at the same time. Yep. And they ride the same buses. You know. Mm-hmm. So um, there was a girl on our bus, and we always like listen to the radio, whatever. Our bus driver yeah. always had just whatever popular country you either had a country listing bus driver or like a classic rock listing bus oh, driver. Yeah. either or there was no other option that was it <laughs> that was that's all you got right there <laughs> so there was a girl she was in middle school and um the song came on okay and she was one of those kids she sat up behind the bus driver and just talked to the bus driver just nonstop, just constantly, never stop talking to the bus. Like he and he's thinking about like just taking the whole thing over a guardrail, like, you Jesus, know. Just take the wheel. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it, yeah. He he had to have been really rethinking his career choice at that point because every day it was up there. It was something, and she also was known to not super tell the truth 
a lot. So mm-hmm. a lot of it was just crazy stories. Yeah. Okay, so the song comes on. So Keila makes her clothes fall off. Uh-huh. She goes in this story about how Joe Nichols wrote this song about her mamma <laughs> <laughs> and swore up and down that it was God's honest truth. <laughs> we're like, what is she talking about? Like, are you kidding me? <laughs> and don't play Bon Jovi around her mamma. <laughs> like, I was thinking, if this this child's poor mamma knew that she was spreading this rumor, she would kill her. Or was she out there telling her secrets? <laughs> hey, maybe. Maybe. Nothing safe on the school bus, you know? Yeah. Nothing, Nothing safe, safe when mammals on tequila. <laughs> Losing earring in her drink, you know? <laughs> Lock that deadbolt, Joe. She's coming. <laughs> she comes again. Yeah. So that for this installment of Y2 Country is my, that, that is my offering. That's my choice. On a scale of, uh, on a cringe scale of one to 10, where do you rate it? You know, I feel like I didn't start out super heavy with this one. So I'll go, I'll go, I'll go six because stylistically, it's not the worst thing I've ever heard. Yeah. Lyrically, it might be. It, there's some, it's, <laughs> it's just, I don't, it's simple. It's not a lot of effort into songwriting. You know what I mean? It's just kind of like this, they'll play this. Let's put it out. Like, I feel like it was written in order to just make a goofy music video, which God yeah, knows yeah. they it's did. It's a trip, yeah. And th- they knew that would play on CMT like every 30 minutes, you know. And Lucky Us would have to watch it. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So I'll give it a six. Six on the cringe scale. Okay. Okay. I'm excited to hear what you got. Okay. Well, uh, first and foremost, I love Alabama. Okay. Yeah. And I think they've done nothing Tread lightly, but yeah. great things, <laughs> except for like a very small sample size that I'm not a fan of. Right. Like if, you know, we're saying like 2% of, of everything they've done. Right. Like very, very small portion. But I feel it needs brought to the table. Okay. When it all goes south. What an awful song. Yeah. <laughs> I think this one drives 2001, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, yeah. And what happened, boys? First of all, what? why? Why did you do this to us? It's just weird as a whole. Yeah. Um, strange, like odd from start to finish. Terrible music video. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So dumb. Yeah, I can remember seeing this when I was like probably like twelve or thirteen at the time and being like, Yeah, what is happening? Like I'm so confused. <laughs> what is this song about? But it opens up and it's like a radio station tuning and it cuts to like uh, a portion of mountain music and then it fades back out to mm. and it starts into this track and I'm like, No, 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 let's just go leave back. It. Just leave let's go it. back to the good times. <laughs> And then it like when it cuts in, it comes into like weird electric drum snare beats for a second. <laughs> I don't know how long it's been since you've heard this force forcibly, but oh it's not good. It's not. Yeah. Um, there's bits of like if you listen closely, like really unnecessary organ organ in there that just doesn't fit. <laughs> um there's a brief section of banjo from like the transition from chorus to second verse, and it 
you know, like I'm all for that in country, like right. when it's done tastefully. Yeah. But this is just kind of like we need we need more like country sounds or let's throw this in here for just a minute to make it sound better. And it sounds terrible. It's like, can you guys try to be more like Montgomery Gentry, but not remotely good? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's 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 yeah. my that's how I'm that's the lens that I'm looking at this song. Um, and they hurt me musically already, but one of my biggest quarrels is one of one of the things that makes Alabama great and stand apart as Alabama is their harmonies. Oh yeah, yeah. and they opted to not do that and instead have like a weird choir type background singers throughout the course in this. And I was so confused by that. I was like, this is not this is not the foundation that Alabama is like. You know what it was, was it was the same choir that they used when back, back years and years ago when they recorded This Will Hair the Christmas Bear. Same choir, they're just yep. grown up. Yep. They promised them they let them, you know, like, like one, more, one know, more, come back. One more last hoorah. <laughs> um, now, the best part, we get to get to the lyrics. Oh, man. I'm so excited. I will say, I'll give them the benefit of the doubt. There is one line I like in this song. And it's the very first line that's, it'll creep up on you uh, like a kudzu vine. Like, <laughs> that's pretty clever, good. Points for cleverness. I'll take that. That's pretty good. Uh, everything after that is garbage. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Then it, there's a very quick descent just straight yeah. down the mountain. You could say it all goes south. It all goes south <laughs> and it don't go back. Uh, in particular, <laughs> drinking Jack Black, trying to kick back. That's no effort. That's a no effort line. There's just like... Gave Come up. on, guys. And what are we on, doing? On the course when it has the background vocals come in, it's like when it all goes south and it says they'll be wearing baseball caps, but they won't be backwards. <laughs> what, is, what is that even? What is that relevant to here? I, I don't I don't know. When it all goes south, you'll be driving around on a John Deere tractor. Are we to replace our automobiles with John Deere tractors? <laughs> is that the future? <laughs> It's um <laughs> that's the future conservatives yeah. want. <laughs> <laughs> want everybody out here going six miles an hour on a John Deere tractor. <laughs> Get a bunch of George Jones going through the Wendy's drive there on their <laughs> their their tractors. Yeah, it's uh it's cringe. It's very novelty and like not even <sighs> like bad. entertaining novelty. And it's, it's bad. Um I can't take it seriously. I can't even take it as a joke. Like, it's not even those one of the songs that's so bad that you can kind of, like, mm. laugh about. Uh, Zero people say this is their favorite Alabama oh, song. Guarantee yeah, it. Yeah. Guarantee it. Um, I would define it as, like, Cletus T. Judd meets Kid Rock, this song. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That that is accurate. Like, very gimmicky and, like, almost like it's meant to be uh, a pun. Like, it's not really meant to be real. Do you think it was a thing where, like, everybody kind of panicked? Like once, you know, 2000 hit and everything musically kind of changed for some reason. Yeah. Especially in country. You think they were, just, it's kind of like a keeping up with the Jones kind of thing. Like everybody yeah. else is doing something different. We got to do maybe, something crazy and outlandish. Maybe at some point in our episodes, we will get to the bottom of this. But it Man. thus far, it really just feels like one day they flipped a switch. Yeah. And like things changed drastically. Like what happened and whose fault is it? Yeah. And Who's how many fault? years can we imprison them for? <laughs> yeah. That's death. No imprisonment. This is that's death right there. Yeah, I would I would rate on a scale of one to ten for cringe. I would rate this uh, a hearty eight. Uh, for I me stand personally, behind yeah. it. 
and I totally think that yours is the worst song. <laughs> totally. Because <laughs> Alabama, like you said, they got a lot, a lot of great songs. So many. Like so many. 25 albums or something. Like, like so much music out. And very a lot small of it is good. Size. I'm not going to fault them. They've given us a lot of great things. But so that many was, hits. That was not Alabama. From that point on, there were some rough moments. Yeah. We'll get into that, but there were some rough moments. <laughs> I mean, we could, uh, you know, start from here and talk about the history of Alabama, or we could just cut to the chase and you could tell us all that your favorite Alabama song is their in sync cover of God Must Have Spent a Little Bit More Time on You. Is that <laughs> top track of all time? Called it, yeah. Favorite song of all time. That is, I think that's kind of what I'm alluding to, talking about like the keeping up with the Joneses, because we yeah. talked about this at the uh, Mark Chestnut episode. We've talked about this kind of at length about how like you had all these weird country covers of popular pop songs. Yeah, that were just like spinning like crazy on the radio anyway. Yeah, and like, like Mark Chestnut was like, I don't want to do that. And they're like, well, you need to do that. And then he does, and... It's still requested today yeah, for some reason. Like, just like stuck what the with heck? It, yeah. Like what is what is happening? But yeah, that's um that that mashup with the uh, NSYNC. Like what is going on? Like nothing about this makes <clears throat> sense. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, if you can't like bring the world together in unity with Alabama and NSYNC together. Then I mean we're doomed. <laughs> yeah, hang, hanging out, turn out the lights, conversations over. <laughs> <laughs> Stubborn souls are the losers here tonight. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's it. <laughs> Said a great man named Trit. <laughs> oh my gosh! All right, you want to get into mm. some history? I think I'm ready and very excited. And I say, let the conversation begin. Let's do it, Garth. I mean, Caleb, let's do it, Caleb. <laughs> you can call me Garth. <laughs> All right. Well, okay. So here is some Alabama history for you guys. And I learned a lot, too. I learned a whole lot. We're just all trying to learn here together. Right? Exactly. We're all trying to learn here. Share and learn. Okay, so... First cousins, Randy Owen and Teddy Gentry, formed the core of Alabama. I did not know, first of all, that they were first cousins. Yeah. Okay, we're already learning here. Owen and Gentry grew up on separate cotton farms on Lookout Mountain in Alabama, but the pair learned how to play guitar together. Duo had also sung in church together before they were six years old, which is awesome. That's cool. On their own, Gentry and Owen played in a number of different bands during the 60s. They played country, bluegrass, and pop on different occasions. During high school, the duo teamed with another cousin, Jeff Cook, to form Young Country in 1969. Cool name. Pretty cool name. Before joining his cousins, Cook had played in a number of bands and was also a rock and roll DJ. So, Young Country's first gig was at a high school talent contest. I just imagine that like that he had like the gigantic beard and everything in yeah. high school. Yeah, fifteen years old look yeah. at him. <laughs> he was like five foot three and had a gigantic <laughs> wolfman beard. So they 
performed a Merle Haggard song, and the band won first prize, which was a trip to the Grand Ole Opry. However, the group was fairly inactive as Owen and Cook went to college. What a what a what a gift it would be to go win yeah. a talent like a high school talent show and be like actually we're gonna send you the Grand Ole Opry. Like holy cow, man. Yeah. Like was it just like I wonder if it was just like a country themed talent show because like I don't know, man. Well that's either way, like that's the the ultimate grand prize. It's like, okay, this this kid that almost win like was really good at juggling. It's like, yeah, kid, we're gonna send you the Grand Ole Opry. He's like, What is that? <laughs> <laughs> Is that like the Hall of Professional Jugglers or? So this crowd, will they like my juggling? Yeah. <laughs> Plot twist, it's actually a, a, a gathering of the Juggalos. <laughs> I didn't understand what he was about. <laughs> oh, man. Okay. So after Owen and Cook graduated from college, they moved with Teddy Gentry to Anniston, Alabama, with the intention of keeping the band together. So they shared an apartment and they practiced at night, performed manual labor during the day. They changed their name to Wild Country. Also a great name. Also great. In nineteen seventy two, and they added the drummer Bennett Vartanian to the lineup. That's a heck of a last name. That's a cool name. Vartanian. The following year, they made the decision to become pre- professional musicians. They quit their jobs and um, started playing a number of bars in the Southeast. So during this time, they began writing their own songs, including My Homes in Alabama. You ever heard of that one? Pretty good. Yeah. So uh, drummer Vartanian, he left soon after the band turned professional, which that's like a kind of Beatles, Pete Best kind of situation. It's like, I don't know. I don't think this band's going to make it. It's not going to play out. I'm out of here, man. So, you know, after losing four more drummers, Rick Scott was added to the lineup. So from there, Wild Country once again changed its name to Alabama in 1977. The same year, the band signed a one-year record contract with GRT. The resulting single, I Want to Be With You Tonight, was a minor success, peaking in the top 80. Nevertheless, the single's performance was an indication that Alabama was one of the most popular bands in the Southeast at the time. Oh, obviously. Uh, the band was playing over 300 shows a year, and after Gosh. I Want to Be With You Tonight, uh, the group borrowed $4,000 uh, from a bank using the money to record and release its own record. When GRT declared bankruptcy a year later, after the release of I Want to Be With You Tonight, the band members discovered that they were forbidden from recording with another label because of a hidden clause in their contract. That sucks. Yeah. So for two years, Alabama raised money to buy their contract out, and in 79, the group was finally able to begin recording again. That same year, Scott left the band and was replaced by Mark Herndon, a former rock drummer who helped give Alabama their signature sound. What if he has any relation to Ty Herndon? Maybe. Mm. I feel like it could be a thing. Might be. So later into the end of 79, uh, Alabama self-recorded and released an album, hiring an independent record promoter to help get radio play for the single, I Want to Come Over. The band sent out hundreds of handwritten letters to program directors and DJs across the country. I Want to Come Over gained the attention of MDJ Records, a small label based in Dallas. Um, They released the single, and it reached number 33 on the charts. Fast forward into 1980, uh, DJ released My Homes in Alabama, which made it into the top 20. 
Based on that single success, Alabama performed at the Country Music's New Faces show uh, where the band was spotted by RCA record uh, scouts who signed the group like immediately after the show. Smart, smart move. Yeah, they're like, yeah, we must have them. Please come over. <laughs> we want you to come over. <laughs> so newly signed to RCA Records, uh, Alabama dropped the single Tennessee River late in 1980. The song began a remarkable streak of 21 number one hits, which ran until 1987 after only one number seven hit, which would be the holiday single Christmas and Dixie. Great song. The streak resumed for another six singles, resulting in a total of 27 number one singles during the decade. Taken alone, the amount of chart-topping singles is proof of Alabama's, Alabama's popularity, but the band also won numerous awards and had seven multi-platinum albums. Gosh. That's a lot of albums oh sold. Oh my gosh, that is so much. That is impressive. Dang, dude. It was just going back through all their records, it's kind of mind-blowing to go back and be reminded, like, okay, they have so much music. They have so much music. It really seemed like from 1980 to 1990 that everybody's home was in Alabama. Yeah, right. (laughs) They were kind of a big deal there for a long time. No matter where they laid their head. Yeah. (laughs) Tag on. So, rather... uh, Rather impressive. Like, we're talking, I don't know the exact number, but I think it's somewhere in the mid-20s of total albums released, if you count, like, the holiday albums, too, mm. which they're also one of the, the few artists to drop multiple Christmas albums. They just have the means and the songwriting ability to do that. Right. Man. We, talk, we did talk at length about um, their Christmas record on our Christmas episodes. Yep. You might not be in the mood for that yet. But you will be. You will be soon. I mean, Christmas times are coming <laughs> with Santa Claus and Randy Owen, so get ready. Yeah, well, I mean, last year when we were prepping for our Christmas episode, I think we both started in October <laughs> listening to Christmas music to get ready. Here we are again. We're so, all, yeah. Dang, man. With the season approaching, remember that there's a top 40 holiday playlist that you can find on our social page. Yeah, go ahead and just just save that sucker yep. on your Spotify because it's good. It's yeah. very good. Uh, just if you don't listen, uh, thistle hair will come and eat your family on Christmas. So it's take, true. Do what you will with that, but hey, hey, we're just we're don't kill the messenger here. We're we're just the messengers. We're just letting you know. And don't get killed by the bear. So just <laughs> listen to it. <laughs> so this top tracks is uh, a little different than our typical format. Um, if you're new to the show or coming back and you know our typical format, usually we do a few honorable mentions and then count down our top five tracks of the artist. Well, with the catalog we have in front of us, uh, we've opted to do no honorable mentions and a top five 80s of Alabama and a top five 90s of Alabama. It's the only way. It really is the only way. It's the only way we, we could do it. I never would have been able to make this list if not. Yeah, for real. For real, I don't, like when I first started trying to get, because I, I usually start with like, okay, these are every bit of the songs by this artist, whatever artist yep. that I even somewhat enjoy. Yep. And then I'll start to, trying to dwindle down from there. Mm-hmm. 
even if you start whittling down on these, you still have so many songs. Yeah. And like putting that into five favorite songs with three on are impossible. I think I started with around 19 or 20 songs when I first put a list together. Mm. Gosh, there's just so many good ones. So this is this is how we're going to make it happen. Ready? Ready to roll on? I think so. Yeah, Alabama, roll on. Woo. Oh, yeah. Okay, 1980s. Here we go. Yep, 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 yep. Uh, I'll go first. You went first on the one. Go, go ahead. Okay. Number five. My top five for the 1980s Alabama. Mountain music. Mountain music. Play me some mountain music. Great song. Yeah. Great song. That's all my mom and papa listen to. <laughs> Maybe some out like Grandma and Grandpa used to yeah. play. Uh, this one comes from the album of the same name, which would be one of their most successful releases. Five times platinum. Number one on the country charts. Number 14 on the Billboard Top 200. That's how popular they were just as a whole and across all, all genres at the time. It's insane. Okay, so I learned a lot. And <laughs> just from you know, listening and experiencing this song, you know, uh-huh. like Randy taught me a lot. Yeah. Um, but also just in research, I learned that it took him three years to complete this. Really? Yeah. It's a masterpiece. It took a long time to get those cats skinned. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm gonna, yeah. We're going to talk about skinning cats. Um, three years to complete this masterpiece. And, when he presented it to the label, they're like, nobody's going to play this. It has a drum solo in it. Nobody's, yeah. nobody's going to play a drum solo on the right. radio. <laughs> but in actuality, the drum solo was purposeful so that um, Jeff Cook had time to put down his guitar and pick up the fiddle. I did not know that. Yeah. I, um, had, I had no idea. And in lyrical analysis, <laughs> there is a reference in the second verse <laughs> that says, climb a long, tall hickory, bend it over, Skinning cats. <laughs> and I, I need more context. You know, for a long time <laughs> of my life, up until it was, you know, we had the interwebs uh-huh. pretty commonly. I was like, I spent a long time listening to that thinking, this has to be, I miss hearing this. Right. This is not <laughs> like skinning cats. Like, Randy, you literally just said you're being nature's friend, and now we're talking about skinning cats. <laughs> <laughs> what happened? You know, they say there's more than one way to skin a cat. Randy no. Owens knows every one of yeah. those ways. <laughs> it does not sound like a lazy day of skinning cats. <laughs> like, if you're if you're skinning animals in your free time on a yeah. lazy day, you, got, you yeah. got issues, dude. So I went to seek this out for more information because I just couldn't live my life. <laughs> I mean, at 33 years wondering, you're like puzzled and <laughs> baffled by this. Yeah. But um, I found an interview where he talks about it and to quote Randy Owens verbatim, he said, when I was growing up, it was an exercise that me and the boys did on hickory trees. We bend them over and then chin ourselves and turn ourselves inside out because we didn't have the kind of playground equipment that folks see today. I know nothing more than I knew before. (laughs) What? Come again? They said they turned themselves inside out. The only thing that I can envision it's like they're just bending these hickory trees over like two or three of them at a time. And then like 
two or three of them are letting go and one guy's hanging on and they're just like launching their sails. Like catapulting. Like, like, yeah. <laughs> and that's called skinning cats. Maybe. Maybe. That's the only thing I can envision in my mind. Like, Or maybe he didn't want Pedia to come after him yeah. for like, like actually saying what skinning cats is about, maybe, you know? Yeah. Like, actually, we don't want to get canceled. Yeah, this is normal. Everybody skins cats, don't they? Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. It, <laughs> yeah so now you know maybe you feel uh, enlightened on the subject maybe you feel equally as confused still i, I kind of in the middle still but i'm i'm smack dab in the middle but yeah my number five mountain music amazing song great fantastic song my number five i swapped out two particular songs in this number five spot probably five plus times <laughs> yeah and I landed on Take Me Down. That's a good one. Man, I love this song. Take me down. It's just so groovy. Their harmonies are perfect. Yeah. Like the harmonies did it for me. That that was the deciding factor in keeping this on my top tracks was the harmonies are just so daggone good. Hard to beat. It's just so it's it's not just the harmonies though, because the music is just so like it's just so groovy and so much fun. Like the guitar swayed yeah. in it. It's like they're one of those you can tell that they were playing three hundred shows a year. Like they were oh, really yeah. they've really fine tuned what they have. Oh yeah. And also like I kind of feel like some of their eighty stuff sometimes I'd almost describe it as like a, a country disco at times. Like Yeah. It's yeah. <laughs> I'm into it. I don't I don't know that they it was a weird fusion, <laughs> but it they made it work. Yeah, they absolutely did. They they took a lot of chances musically, lyrically, obviously. <laughs> they took a lot of chances, and I think it totally paid off. Yeah. Like not there's a, there's a reason that Al- Alabama was the biggest band in the world in the eighties because mm-hmm. they were doing things that nobody else dared to do. Yeah, you know, especially in the context of country music. Yeah, take me down. I love like the it. I like songs like this where you get like these major key kind of sounding like verses and then it like goes minor on the chorus. Like a lot of times you hear that it's like the opposite. Like you yeah. get your like, like your minor verses and then the chorus is a big major chord sounding thing. Mm-hmm. It, this is the opposite. Like you go straight into like a minor chord. Take me down. I think that's so cool. That's such yeah. a cool thing to do musically. Yeah. That's, that's my number five. Okay, rolling on to number four. Roll on, Dixieland Delight. I love it. Do you? I love it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's all I can say. There, it was hesitant. I didn't know. <laughs> that's okay. all I can say for okay. now. <clears throat> um, the first single to drop from their 1983 album, "The Closer You Get," a number one hit. Like we we already said, they had like a string of like twenty something. You can. Both of them are probably number one hits. Uh, it checks all the boxes for me as a country song. How about the harmonies on that bad, oh, wow. bad Larry? Wow, <laughs> <laughs> it's so good. Uh, I love just like the uh, acoustic-driven opening and their like process for the gradual build and building it up till you get to that chorus. They do that so well, right? Um, the solo after the first chorus and everything just kind of really kicks in. It has those like. Um, Real bassy lows that kind of reminds you of like soft rock solos or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and then it slides into like a more 
treble treble twangy country solo yeah and just wow what a what a transition they just do it so well and then you've got the whole music break oh man <laughs> it's like let's take it for a walk that's guys. one to get in the pit on right there that music break like yeah open it up watch out i'm throwing bows <laughs> You'll be ready to roll on, man. Yeah. And that chorus, after the music break, it has just like, uh, what's like kick drums and strums on the chord changes. Mm -hmm. And the, I don't know, I'm usually not a fan of this, but like voice modulation works for them. Yeah. It works. It's the weirdest thing. Yeah. You would <laughs> I can't explain it, it but it's awesome in their songs. <laughs> yeah. Number four, Dixieland Delight. Little Turtle Dubbin. <laughs> Little Turtle Dubbin. We'll have to dive in a few of these lyrics here in a minute, too. <laughs> yeah. All right, number four for me. The Closer You Get. Okay. Before I talk about all the things I love about the song, uh -huh. there's one thing that I have never been able to let go of with this with this song. There's something going on with this snare sound. Have you ever, um, if you if you haven't noticed, I'm about to ruin it for you. I'm so sorry that I have to do oh this. Oh my God, no. So, you know, it opens the closer you get. Okay, there's this sound. I don't know if it is in conjunction with the snare or if they're just hitting it on the same beat that the snare's dropping on. But it's this little sound that goes, pew, pew. Yep, yep. Have you noticed that? Yep. It bugs the life out of me really? i wish i would have never noticed it <laughs> and it would be totally fine that is the crawl sometimes of like listening through earbuds or something as i hear things sometimes i've not noticed yet right yeah and like for years that the the snare on that song has driven me insane because all <laughs> i can hear is pew, 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 it's like a, uh, a star wars laser gun or something like pew, <laughs> yeah, pew, 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 a little, little blaster it's so it's it's just kind of annoying to me, you know? Yeah. But outside of that, this is a phenomenal song. Oh, yeah. yeah. I love how they start with, just start right in with the chorus. And, like, they've got that, that wicked guitar riff that... Yeah. It's... it's 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 so good. And the music video. <laughs> oh, yeah. He has a double-neck guitar. <laughs> Does anybody I, know why? I don't know, but it looks cool in the video. <laughs> and the dudes just stand up playing drums yeah, the, the entire Yeah, the drummer stands up the entire... The... I almost feel like it was a protest <laughs> of having to do a music video. Like, they're not really selling that they're... They're selling, like, themselves. Like, they look cool in their little performance, but they're not really actually, like, performing so much. Right. Uh, I haven't figured out yet exactly what kind of guitar it is Randy Owens playing, but it turns out he played that guitar or that style of guitar pretty often uh, i don't know if it was like a music man or something yeah it's something different looking, like that yeah. So, but yeah it is a very cool looking cool looking guitar but um the double neck guitar not quite as cool yeah <laughs> <laughs> really just inconvenient and heavy yeah like does he even play the second neck the entire song i don't think so <laughs> what's the, what is the point just to prove that you have one or like the brave that I mean, you... like, I don't know. Like, he's got some curly hair. Maybe like plot twist. Maybe he's like Claudio from uh, Coe and Cambria. Same he's guy. Like, same guy. Same all these years. Same guy. Fountain Easy found it. <laughs> I want to hear Alabama do "Welcome Home." Oh, yes, <laughs> that, put that double neck guitar to use. 
but I want that riff twangy. Yeah. <laughs> and the laser sounds. <laughs> Can you chicken pick the opening of Welcome Home? <laughs> since, Somebody since that have never been said yeah. before. I need to know. <laughs> Yeah, I'm, I'm not gonna be able to get that out of my head now. In my mind, it's just the same person yeah. forever. <laughs> Man, he played some horridly ugly guitars. Surely, <laughs> some just awful looking guitars. But he's really good at it. So you know, take the good with the bad on that. Yeah, yeah. I I, I love the closer you get. I think it's a fantastic song. Moving on. Okay. Rolling on to number three. Roll on. Roll on. That is my number three. Roll on? Oh, yep. man. It uh, is so fun. It what really a fun is. song that is. That's like one of those, for me, this song is, um, like, I have this on, like, a playlist of just, like, pick-me-up songs, like, stuff to get me motivated or to, like, you know, help me accomplish some goals. I just yeah. need some good yeah. motivational tunes. It, I, I can't, that, this one does it. I don't know why, but it just really... Gets the gear started. It keeps you going. Yeah. Even when you face adversity, mm-hmm. you know? Even yep. when you find yourself jackknifed in a snowbank yep. in Illinois. Yep. Revert, I'll know. walk right out of that sucker. and nothing stopping me with this plan. <laughs> I, was, I was wondering, though, is it possible that this is Charlie from 18 Wheels and a Dozen Roses? Uh, you know, I Pre-retirement? Was, yeah. I think that might be, you know, like he was a year away from retirement next winter hit, yeah. and maybe he's not coming home. He's like, I almost died in the snowbank in Illinois, and all I got was a gold watch. <laughs> Thanks, boys. 40 years of service. Yeah, fantastic. It makes his victory in 18 wheels and a dozen roses so much sweeter if you yeah. think of all the adversity he went he, through in this Alabama song. He just rolled on, man. He just, he just rolled on. That's all you can do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, this has the same kick down the door energy that um, – Shania Twain, the man I feel like a woman. It really does in a um, different way, but it, it, yeah. And also, uh, Mary Chapin Carpenter's "I Feel Lucky," like yeah. same vibes. Yeah, like let's greet the day. Yeah, let's like, go. I'm let's so open ready. it up. <laughs> uh, it's got everything you want to hear musically in a country song. It has a very captivating story, but you know, like very much so. in content matter, you wouldn't feel like, well, this can't be that interesting. But it is. It's like it draws you in to where you want. Like I need a resolution. What's happening here? Right. I like. I need that last verse desperately. Yeah. I gotta know what happens. Um, story wise, my favorite part of the story is is like they've been worrying all this time about where Daddy is, and he's maybe frozen to death in the snowstorm and missing. But his first words when he gets on the phone is, "Y'all been singing that song I taught you." Because <laughs> if not, I'm staying in Illinois. <laughs> Okay, so here's an alternate story. Here's a here's a plot twist, if I may. Yeah. What if instead Okay, there's like a choose your own adventure here. Either this could be Charlie, they you know, he retires, they, they buy Winnebago, set out to find America. Yeah. Okay. Okay, that's that's best case scenario. Yep. Worst case scenario Poor old dad is stuck in the snow in Illinois, and meanwhile, mama is on the phone. Oh, no. <laughs> you, you know where I'm going with yeah. this? Yeah. Mama's on the phone, and um, 
she's stepping out. Yep. She's stepping out. Well, once this poor old cat, <laughs> once this poor old cat finally gets back, you know, she's, she's giving him up for, she's giving it up for dead. Yeah. In my mind, that's the way it's playing out. And, you know, he comes in with some flowers. He finds out that mama's basically been, you know, she's been around town. Yeah. And, uh, um, Papa love mama. She ain't with Papa. Yeah. Mama love man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. She needed more to hold than just a telephone. And he said, well, Gladys, I needed to not be in a snowbank in Illinois, but, yeah. you know, we all have things that we don't, you know. He come home and account for rolled on right through that motel room, too, didn't he? <laughs> he did. <laughs> and that's the ultimate country music song, Pick Your Own Adventure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Where are you going? <laughs> yeah, you can choose your own on that one. I worked 40 years, and already all I got was a gold pocket watch, and I come home and find this. <laughs> Done. What else? What What's next? <laughs> oh poor papa oh man poor but mom. uh this song also like roll on hands down one of the best outros they have yeah the last chorus is kick drum and one of the best <laughs> bass riffs i've ever heard he yes. is getting down on this <laughs> he's really good he's like, super good yeah. like if you really take the time to sit down and key in on that like man he is shredding that bass he might have one of the goofiest haircuts of all time, but he's a heck of a singer and bass player. And uh, <laughs> a final note for this track, I'll just say, if you're not screaming 18-wheeler with everything in you when you listen to this... You have no heart. You're not living. Your life is not... not you're not living. This is not. <laughs> all right, number three, are we? Mm-hmm. All right, number three for me... Loving the first degree. Oh, it's a good Loving one. The first. I love, I love this song. I love the um, the intro of the song. It's they kind of hit some strange guitar chords. They kind of hit some strange like modulation. We were talking about modulation yeah. earlier. Like I don't know if it's like a phase phaser going on or what whatever it is. I don't know, but I'm I'm here for it and I love it. But um. There's just so many like layered harmonies. Like they're, and I've talked about the Eagles on here, not being my absolute favorite. Yeah, know? but the way that the Eagles utilized harmony and did so many different parts and stuff yes. like that. Yeah, this song has it. Me and um, when we were on our way to Tyler Childers the other night, we were listening. You know, like prepping for this. So right. I was like, I'm bro, sorry, we're listening to Alabama, which is great because it's like um. There's artists that my wife Trinetta does enjoy that we cover, and there's some that she's just like, no, right, no. Uh, for instance, Diamond Rio is one of those no's. It's just, <laughs> yeah, it's just no, <laughs> not doing it. But loves Alabama. Yeah, and we were talking about that on the way about how there's such um, a relation to uh, the way Alabama sings and performs their songs, and comparing them to the Eagles, like they yeah. feel very similar. Yeah, um, only the like. Oh, just that Randy Owen is amazing and Glenn Fry is a terrible person. That's really... Well, there you go. Yeah. There you go. He's not insane. Glenn Fry also didn't have a sweet beard like that either. Nope. So, nope. so, I mean, I would say Alabama's better, personally. Yeah. 
<laughs> oh, we need to do like a number one hits comparison because I think they might have a beat. They very well may might. Yeah. They, yeah. Yeah. Man, Dang. this is why I've, I've been so excited for this episode because yeah. I knew in our top tracks there would be like no middle ground either. We would both have the exact same songs or completely different songs just because there's so much to pick right. from. Right, yeah. right. There's a lot of songs that I had to sadly be like, yeah, I'm sorry, didn't <laughs> make it. Yeah. Yeah, Love in the First Degree is is a heck of a song. I like it. Up to number two. What you Breaking got? into the top two. Let's do it. The 1980s. Let's roll on. Old Flame. Same. We did, did it. We, we did it. All right. All right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, released in 81 from Phil Surratt. Their third number one hit. One of the writers on this, uh, Mac McAnally, who's penned some other great sad songs that we love. It seems to be his forte. Yeah. Also uh, worked on Two Dozen Roses, and I'm going to hurt her on the radio. Dang. Yep. Who's, who's hurt you, Mac? Wow. Who's hurt you? You have been hurt. <laughs> yeah. Old Flame. We've, we've talked about the, the song in particular on here because on our Newer Than 90s playlist, we have that Jason Isbell, John Paul, yeah. White cover i've been going back and listening to that some since we've been it's doing so this freaking sad it's, it's so, so sad good. it hurts so good but what's so cool about old flame is that the way it starts out you are completely if you've never heard the song you're completely caught off guard you, you yeah. don't know the emotions that's coming like you don't know what they're bringing because it's, it starts off some like so so like positive mm-hmm. like it's almost like they were like okay we real we have this song the lyrical content is devastating. It's super <laughs> sad, and we but we really want to play it on these. Um, like I imagine, at this time they're playing maybe some smaller venues, maybe some yeah. closer to honky tonk style shows, you know. And I'm thinking maybe they they were like, okay, if we musically style it like this and started out a little more, you know, upbeat and. Mm-hmm almost more honky tonky maybe we can play this at our shows yeah. and it go over well because it's musically masked mm-hmm. like just a honky tonkin toe tapping good time yes yeah i think um this is one of those it's not only like a really really good country ballad mm-hmm. and i feel like i feel like most people would have this in their 1980s top 5 for alabama should but I think it's one of those that it could be in a, it, could, it very well could be in a top five just across country music. Like, it's good. It's such a good song. It is a very, very good song. Like when they got, when they had the lines, you know, like there's an old flame burning, burning in their eyes that tears can't drown and makeup can't disguise. I bet once they got that line on paper, they're like, we got a hit. Like, yeah. We could put the foundation of everything else around it, but mm-hmm. we've got it. Like, yeah, absolutely. It's got some cool stuff sprinkled in there too. I feel like I hope there's uh, like some organ organish sounds, yeah, uh, dropped in here and there in transitions, mm. and um, just a few notes, you know, but just enough to make it a little bit more dynamic, I guess. Yeah, and sound. So huge fan, love it. Like keys wise, like like even like the little like the honky tonk piano kind of stuff going on in there is super cool too. Yeah. It's just, it's just good. If you have been li- living under a rock and haven't heard this song, now we, we, we grant you permission to pause the podcast, yep. 
go listen to that song and then come back. You might need a tissue or something to wipe the yep. tears we from your eyes. We pause for On Flame. Yeah, yeah, yeah we we'll pause for that for sure. Okay, we've only matched up once so far, and that's going to be the only time in the 80s. Yep. So go go ahead down to your number one. <laughs> okay. Uh, the closer you get. Number one. Yep. Holy heck. Yeah. Um, second single from the album of the same name. Number one hit, of course. Yeah. Uh, some fun history that I wasn't aware of, just because Alabama, you know, knocked it out of the park with this one. Absolutely. Uh, initially written by members of the band Exile in 1980. No way. Uh, recorded by them and a few other artists throughout the early 80s. That was until Alabama got a hold of it, and then it was, it was an Alabama song. What else can you say? Yeah. Yeah. Um. Pew, pew, pew. <laughs> <laughs> so the guitar in this is great all around. There's just like that lot little bit of fuzz mm-hmm. on the intros, and then it transitions to like that really clean, like Fender-ish tone that I love. It's so good. I'm a big fan of like the weird um, echoey delay on the keys in the intro too. Yeah. I, I love that. Um, the sustained like synthy notes in the verse. Yes, it's one of those weird things where you're like, "Is this space country?" I don't know, but I like it. I want more. Whatever is happening, yeah. and I'm, I'm I'm enjoying 100% it. Percent ready for it. I'm here for it. Yeah, uh, harmonies are wonderful as always, and man, they really get up there in some high notes. And I think one of my favorite parts that really puts it up there for me is like the staggered lines and the harmonies mm-hmm. towards the end. Yeah. Like, oh, that just takes the cake for me. So good. So daggone good. Yes, I'm full. Yes, I'm full. It's so amazing. <clears throat> All right, my number one, it's, an, it's a song that you already mentioned. Okay. My Dixie Land a lot. Okay. Man, I love this song. I, I just love this song. The lyrical content is so strange yet so fantastic at the same time it's just he's just kind of talking about nature a little bit here and there you know white tail buck deer yeah munching on clover red tail hawk sitting on a limb yeah chubby Chubby old old groundhog groundhog. croaking bullfrog (laughs) like just he paints a picture he does he does it's just so like the rhymes in in the song are just so clever and like the chorus is so daggone catchy, like I man, just from begin beginning to end, this is a fantastic song. I love it. And of course, the harmonies, like we said on all these songs, like the harmonies are just fantastic. How many people do you think today use the term turtle dubbing? Four, <laughs> four people worldwide. We're gonna change that. And it's the the members of Alabama. My <laughs> <laughs> tail buck deer. They do have some like real fun, just like accent sounds and sound effects in there that just like really the little, yeah, like <laughs> on their own they're not much, but when you they get it all together, like it adds so much to the song. Right, it really does. It, it makes the song more than just a song. It's like an experience. Yeah, like, yeah. yeah, it's it's just. The video also is fantastic. Like, is Randy trying to seduce me into some turtle dubbing? Get out of here. Yes. Yes, he is. 
Were there any songs that almost made the list for you on this 80s, um, the 80s group here? I had uh, definitely Take Me Down. Take Me Down was like, yeah. I'll be honest, when I did my 80s list, I was like, I got it. Here's my list. And I went back through and listened to them all again, and I took like three songs <laughs> off and changed them completely because yeah. it's just so hard to pick. Tell you a song that almost made it for me. The one that was the was contending with "Take Me Down" for my number five was "Southern Star." Really, the only thing that kept me from put like putting the song because it's one of the songs. It starts out kind of slow, but like once it picks up, like the beat kind of like doubles. It's like, yeah. it's like goes double time there, and like it's a very cool song. But I have no idea what the heck he's talking about. I listened to it again today to try to figure out like what is the Southern Star? What are we? What are we talking about yeah. here? Anybody know? I, I never figured it out. Um, can't keep a good man down. Oh, very good. Forty hour week is always like yeah. That's just one of those songs that's just like fun to sing along to every time you hear it. You could hear it a hundred times. Like it's still going to be a good time. Um, to have any more? There's a couple '80s songs where they go straight up Conway. Yeah, yeah. They were, when uh, we make love is one of the most uncomfortable songs of all time. Mm-hmm. And he has to be get, make it even weirder at the end and whisper, "Now let's make love." It's like Randy, Randy, whoa, whoa, stop, whoa, whoa. dude! You're making me feel so uncomfortable. Yeah. Feels so right is pretty. I could hear yep. that could be a Conway song. Like mm-hmm. you could, like I could imagine him singing that song. Yep. I had initially had on my list and took off uh, for the eighties. I will say, as close enough to perfect. I have thoughts on that song. Uh huh. I have thoughts. Okay. Elaborate. It feels to me like listening through. Because that's a song that I always remember, like, liking by mm-hmm. Alabama, you know. And I've been, like, listening back through, obviously. And that one in particular, I think the lyrics might be degrading to this that lady. Was my, Do you see what I'm saying? That was the thing, like, I had, like, nostalgia of being, like, always, like, hearing this song. Like, right. It sounded yeah. sounded good. Yeah. And then as I listened to it, I was like, I don't think I like this as much as I remember. <laughs> yeah. It's like, he's actually kind of talking down to this lady. Yeah. Like, you actually, you kind of suck as a human. Yeah, the coffee's a, a little woman. too strong. <laughs> like, basically, you're doing everything wrong, yeah. but uh, close enough. One of the things I think that pulled <laughs> me on that song so much, being younger, too, is just like, man, like, the note on, uh, he says she's close enough to perfect to me. He gets way up there. <laughs> <laughs> they also i don't know if you came across it on mountain music but they did a cover of uh ccr's green river no i didn't it's get, really oh good my gosh I didn't it's go actually really good i oh, mean yeah. i bet so there's our top 80s you want to go top Ooh. 90s yeah that's... man i'm warmed up now i'm yeah. ready to go okay you want you can start this one off okay okay well i will I will preface by saying I don't think there were as many 90s tracks as there were 80s tracks that I absolutely love by Alabama. Yeah, it, I think it was much easier to put together the 90s. But I will say oh, that yeah. the 90s songs they had that I enjoy a lot are also some really awesome songs. Yeah, I agree. I agree with that. Okay, so my number five weird song. Love it. Dancing, shagging on the boulevard. <laughs> Love this song. I wondered. I, I love it. 
It's so strange. It is. And it's all like like the song just like talks about like Myrtle Beach stuff and like <laughs> like Mother Fletcher's, which was like I don't know. I I remember as a child everybody going to Myrtle Beach and coming back with Mother Fletcher shirts. You remember that? Yeah. It's kinda like now everybody goes to Destin and gets those salty dog cafe shirts mm-hmm. and wears Yeah. It's kinda like the same uh, and I don't I don't think that Mother Fletcher's place I gotta watch how I say that. <laughs> <laughs> I can't say that too fast. <laughs> I was like, Well who you got beef with, buddy? Wait. <laughs> wait, dude, wait. Back up. <laughs> You're only number five, easy. <laughs> We're getting hated up yeah. here, man. <laughs> yeah, so the song is like ab- about a bunch of Myrtle Beach stuff. And um yeah, I had to look up eventually cuz like it's one of those songs like I never really thought about what the heck it even meant or whatever, you know. Same. And then I had to look it up and that like that is was a popular dance. Apparently. Yeah. Well, see, I honestly, until like in the last few months, I didn't know this either. <laughs> and uh, listening to like another podcast, like I like I've told you about this, the dispatches from Myrtle Beach. Yeah. Like this, this dude and his dad and his dad lives in Myrtle Beach, but he commonly goes out dancing to clubs around Myrtle Beach. But he <laughs> refers to it as the term shagging. Yeah. This is like a term for dancing right, of some sort. Right. And I was like, oh, my gosh, like, this just clarified so much for me. Because I was just, my whole life, I'm like, like, man, Randy Owens out here on the boulevard, doesn't care who sees, like, willing to go to jail, shagging on the boulevard. On the boulevard. Of all places. <laughs> Musically, it's a departure, I feel like, from what they, like, usually do or did, you know? Yeah. But, like, not so much, like, in a bad way. Like they're like we like we just said they're no strangers to taking chances and doing things yep. different or doing things their own way, you know. I feel like it's a tune for like some uh Southie memos and papals to cut a rug to, you know. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. If I ever go to Myrtle Beach again, I'm just gonna play this song like the whole time. Yeah. <laughs> Four day weekend, get ready. Repeat. Here we go, heading back to Dirty Myrtle. Everybody on the beach is like, This guy just won't stop with this song. <laughs> Yeah, and he won't. No stopping there. Yeah, yep. (laughs) All right, what's your number five? Okay, number five for me, from Cheap Seats, Reckless. I don't know this one. Let's roll the windows down, turn the radio up, let the wind flow through our hair. And it sounds like something I would do on the boulevard. Yeah, well, (laughs) (laughs) amongst other things. (laughs) No, I don't remember this one. I remember hearing this one on the radio a lot. It's just like real catchy, and they open up with some harmonies that I love a lot. Mm. Um, a number one hit, and their last number one hit in that long run of like 27. Holy cow. 27. Then it all went south. <laughs> oh, didn't it? <laughs> uh, one of the songwriters from this, though, Jeff Stevens, mm. uh, West Virginia native from Alum Creek. Would you look at that? Would you look at that? Huh. Yeah. He had his own solo career for a period in the 80s. Um, Really found a lot more success in songwriting and producing mm. uh, with songs like uh, <laughs> There's Some Good and There's Some Bad. Get ready. Okay. Um, uh, King G, as I call him, George, George Strait. Yeah. Carried Away, Carrying Your Love With Me. Fantastic. Which makes sense because, like, up and, you know, like, we really didn't hear like a whole lot of like WV references in songs. Right. right. Uh, Tim McGraw's Back When. Mm. 
Mm. I miss Banquia. Just a groan. Mm. 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 <laughs> Slowly shaking mm. my head from side to side. Mm. Yeah, and I said that to prepare you for this. Also, okay. a producer for Luke Bryan. Oh. And what some would call success. Mm. I call it dirty brown water trash. But to each their own. <laughs> to each their own. <laughs> you know, roll the windows down, turn the radio up, and let the wind blow through your hair. Love is reckless, and this is my number five. Dang. Dang, I got to go back and listen now. All right, number four. I, di- I didn't expect this one initially to end up where it did, but uh, I'm okay with it. Down home. Okay. Where they know you by name and they treat Down you like family. Home. This this song really does like remind me of just like like people around here. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like people in like the southern West Virginia or Appalachian area. Yeah. But um, it's just. It's a really good song. I think lyrically, it's a really good song. It's a really good, like a feel-good kind of song. Kind of puts you in the same uh, mindset as uh, if the world had a front porch. Yeah, yeah. You know? I guess, Yeah, very same vibes. I like that. It's a solid. Yeah, yeah I like it. Uh, I think it's a good song. Very good song. All right. Moving right along here. Number four for me, Take a Little Trip. Take a Little Trip. What record was this Take on? Take a Little Trip. This is from American Pride. Okay, uh, okay. Dropped in the summer of 92 and made it all the way to number two. I vaguely remember this one. Take a little tip. Real catchy hook on it. Um, catchy look out of the gate, and then it's also, if you listen to it, I feel like you'll immediately also pick up on that it's reminiscent of like a uh, Kentucky Headhunter sound. Yeah, yep. yeah. Which is great. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, there's a music break in there also where it's just like only his vocals and some like Ric Flair woos in the background backing him up, which I love. <laughs> that was him, actually. Um, but yeah, he's just kind of being like, oh, you know, we we can do this or we can do that. He's like, mm-hmm. or maybe we can stay right where we're at and take a little trip down to heaven tonight. That's pretty good. Not to say that Randy only had one thing on his mind, but <laughs> but he's also, it's kind of funny lyrically in the song, it's like he's trying to uh, sell his significant other things that wouldn't, be enticing or interesting he's right. like we could call up rita and bobby see what they're doing tonight you know maybe play some rook or you know we could take a little trip take a little trip down to the boulevard maybe yeah yeah Man. okay i'm curious to see if we'll, we'll hit here matching in the top three i, I have hope there i think there will be one spot okay i'm hopeful for two i'm all right. I'm believing. Okay. All right. Number three for me. Sad looking moon. Okay. Uh, man, I love this song. This is one that I'm not super familiar with or didn't jam a whole lot. Sad looking moon. I always, <laughs> when I hear this song, I always think of uh, <laughs> Andy Dwyer on Barks saying, <laughs> Not the same moon, obviously. That's impossible. That's impossible. <laughs> a sad looking moon yeah. shining down. Not the same moon, obviously. That's impossible. <laughs> it was a sad. I love the the little guitar part. The mm-hmm. it's this. It's it's one of those guitar parts that kind of like carries the bulk of the song. Yeah. Like I don't know. It's just so good. I'm I'm a big fan of that. 
I like it. I want to go back and give it another listen. What you got? Okay. Breaking into the top three. Number three for me is going to be Jukebox in My Mind. Really? Yep. Hmm. Uh, this one comes from Pass It On Down. Well-deserved number one hit, first and foremost. Yes. One of the things that really gets me here is I love throughout their time play music. They just have some real unique um, intros like yeah. and just production value in their songs. It opens with the sound of a quarter dropping into a jukebox, and then it cuts in with just like uh, acapella vocals on the first line. Like, oh, that's what more do you need from Alabama? In the corner. One of their more traditional sounding country songs I would say compared a lot to a lot of their catalog see I would when I was first going back and looking for these songs I could have sworn this one was way older than it was because it's so sounds so traditionally Alabama early Alabama sounding and I also just love they have a point to where like it cuts back to that quarter going through the jukebox and you're like oh they're wrapping it up and then they come back again one more time yes yes I'll go ahead and say uh, that's my number two. Is it? It is. Oh, we were so close. We I had. A, I really close. felt like that was going to be uh, on there for you. Yeah that that one um, that one is my number two. Yeah, the I think lyrically it's just so intelligent, such an intelligent for for a country ballad. Country song. Yeah, yeah, so good. Stands a jukebox, and they bring like that that cool little. Um, like honky tonk feeling riff in there, like the, like the, I don't know. They they have this sound about them on some of these songs, where it sounds it it's it sounds like they're like a really really good bar band. Yeah, does that make sense? And I love on this too. Like they're singing together more in the track than it's just just Randy singing solo. Right, and they they just sound so good together that I yes. love it. Yeah, like I think. I really think that Randy Owens could have had a great solo career from the get-go, but them together is just a whole other thing. Like, the whole experience of Alabama is just fantastic, you know? When he, I don't know if you picked up on this, when he really, like, puts some uh, soul and some fire behind his voice, does does he remind you of Ronnie Millsap? Yes. Yep. Especially when he says "roll on, roll on." Yeah. I would. That, I was thinking about that. I was like, man, I would love to hear some like duets of Randy oh and Ronnie. That would be that would that'd be fantastic. So that, that was my three. Your two. I'll yep. go ahead and so hit you with you my got, number two. Yeah, yeah. Let's hear it. Here we are, once again, stronger now than we've ever been. Um, this one also going right back to pass it on down. The final single to drop from the album, a number two hit. Um, one of our favorite artists also served as a songwriter on this track, which I can kind of hear in the guitar solo. If you go back and listen to that one, this one, the ever amazing Vincent Gill. Makes sense. Yeah, you can Makes totally sense. hear it on the on the guitar solo. Oh yeah. You know? Speaking of Vince Gill, there's a really good thing. There was yeah, there actually was a good thing on CMT. The other day, uh, what? Yeah, it was like this, uh, like a CMT honors kind of thing or something, something like that. It's like um, a bunch of people just covering Vince's songs, like in tribute to him. And um, 
There's some really good stuff on there. Like Chris Stapleton like knocks it out of the park. I gotta find that to watch. It's really good. Um Cody Cody Johnson. Mm-hmm. He there's did. a Jinx, there's a Johnson. The one where it's a cowboy hat. We have him on our top tra- it was one of your top tracks with it was a duet with Willie Nelson. But um he does uh, when I call your name. Oh wow. It's very good. It Maybe is real here. good. Yeah, y'all go go YouTube search that stuff. I really hope that things like the John Anderson something borrowed something new is becomes oh a more uh, appropriate thing of like paying honor to those artists and we get some man that'd be great revivals of some of these tracks yes i would love it that would rule um but here we are <laughs> i love the song like it's very like it's a song that you could swap out for any like 80s early 90s movie montage mm-hmm. like no matter what's happening yeah. in there like yeah. you could put that song behind <laughs> there and it works <laughs> also find it both cool and hilarious that it opens almost the exact same way as Queen's Princes of the Universe song that they use for the Highlander soundtrack. <laughs> Literally, almost the same way. Um, so, <laughs> maybe they should just swap, and they should do Princes of the Universe, and Queen should have done Here We Are. But it's weird. I could see Alabama's Here We Are being a Queen song. I could see them performing that. Strangely, yeah. 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 Yeah, that, that would actually rule. Yeah. <laughs> That'd be kind of yeah. awesome. But man, this one's one that knocks it out of the park. The the melody, the vocals, the tempo, like the thumping bass, mm-hmm. the epic like um, dual solo. And if you listen closer, you're listening with headphones. You can one it's panned like one's on one side, and one's on the other. Yeah, it goes back and forth. Yeah, amazing song. Uh, uh, amazing montage music. <laughs> Can't beat it. They should have just put that on Highlander. <laughs> I'm gonna re-edit that. <laughs> That's the new sound on the soundtrack for Highlander. There can be only one, and his name is Randy Owen. <laughs> can we just take like the Highlander cover and just put his head on there? There can be only one. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Caleb. I think we've done it. I bet we have. I'd be very surprised if we didn't. Okay, number one for me. And, and probably for probably you. me. I'm in a hurry and don't know why. Yep. Yes, yes, we yep. did it. I knew it. What a song, man! Woo. Not what? only is this my favorite '90s, this is my favorite Alabama song. Yeah. Um. An amazing song and just amazing words to live by. Hey, all we gotta do is you know live and die. Why, why are we in such a hurry? Just Thanks slow for reminding down, us, Randy. You know? Yeah. Just slow down. This one, again, we're revisiting American Pride, which was a killer album in the 90s from Alabama. Number one hit, of course. How could it not be? Yeah. The song is a rock song. Yeah. It's basically a rock song. And they open with, like, signature Alabama, just harmonies right out the gate. Mm. Very powerful. The song is, it's it's another one of those um, kick the door down songs. Oh, yeah. Like, you're... You're ready to rock and roll once yeah. you hear this song. Pick up a truck to listen to this song. Watch <laughs> out. Flip it over three times. <laughs> yeah, near the ending where it kind of like drops to just like the synthish sound effect and vocal harmonies. Mm-hmm. Man, like they just, they were like, I feel like ahead of their time and just so good at yes. doing that in a way that was tasteful and worked for their sound and added right. so much to the song. It wasn't like, you know, 
a real common thing. And I feel like probably a lot of artists were hesitant, hesitant to try those things right. or like step outside the box a little bit. But I don't think anybody will ever do it as well as Alabama. Right. And like, it's one thing to like sprinkle in like pop elements in order to just have a hit or pander to a certain group of people. It's another thing to do it completely experimentally. Yeah. Which is, I think is what Alabama, in a way that like, what, what Alabama did. Yeah. And it's like fuses so well with their sound that it works. Like, I don't know. I feel like, um, well, Alabama's taught me plenty, you know, uh, yeah. about a lot of things, you yeah. know, skin and cats, <laughs> mountain music, turtle dubbing, shagging on the boulevard. Yeah. All, all the above. But I think one of the most important things they've taught me is that maybe there, there is some like pop elements to country that I'm okay with if it's done tastefully and it works. I'd say that, I'd say that's accurate. Yeah. Cause like we've, we've talked about how they've done all like the, like the modulated voice stuff and yeah. this and that. And you got the little on the snare drum <laughs> if you really want to get crazy. They just had a, you know, very unique and standalone band, not in country music, but just in music in general. Like they yeah. had so much range that they could do from like very traditional to like uh country disco S sounds to, you know, in sync covers, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this song like uh i have a story we we haven't talked about um being in bands in a while if you go yeah. back to our first few episodes we talked about how caleb and i were in rock bands together for a long time through you know early adulthood teenagers through early adults yeah. long enough that we can't hear anymore yeah, yeah. yeah. what what <laughs> I still think my left ear suffers from yeah. a, a symbol in our practice room. But, um, okay, so this would have been 2008, maybe 2000. Okay, do you remember? Back when? That, okay, the 2000s were a strange time. You guys that are our age know that already. But, um, okay, there was a dude that was super popular for a minute. He was a poet named Bradley Hathaway. Okay, yeah. He's the one that had the poem about like the the hardcore guy that will windmill kick you in the face. Remember that? Yeah. Everybody used to say that all the time. Okay, so he was going to play a show. I guess if you want to call it playing a show, he was going to be at Marshall University, like downstairs in the student center. It's supposed to be a show. So I think... Okay, I went with Kelsey. She might have been living down there already at the time. And Cl maybe Clifton, our buddy Clifton went with us. Mm -hmm. But, um, okay, so Bradley Hathaway was there, you know. Turns out he wasn't doing any of his poetry stuff, and he, like, decided to be a musician at this point. Uh-huh. Which, you know, long story short on that part is that his stuff was just not good. His music, yeah. was, I was not a fan at all. But where this song comes into play, there was a band that I had never seen before opening for Bradley Hathaway. And their the name of their band was Party or Die. Okay? Mm -hmm. <laughs> they ended their set with a cover of this song. <laughs> and which... 
it's funny that like years later I would end up like playing bass for that band yeah. after we lived in Huntington for a few years like that and become becoming good friends with those guys. Yeah. Like completely on a small world thing. But um, yeah, when I heard like, cause when they first started, I was saying, surely not. Surely. Cause like an indie rock band, you know, mm-hmm. like surely that's not what they're playing right now. And sure enough, <laughs> <laughs> like okay like i don't understand this guys but i'm here for it oh like, yeah I'm, I'm all about sign it sign me up i'm all about it do you have any more notable songs that you'd like to talk about from the 90s mm, i'm we see here maybe do you have any okay so um mentioned earlier it's just about spooky season uh-huh Okay, so years ago, okay, so my dad and several other people we knew, they were like in like a bluegrass gospel group together for a while. You know, Caleb played guitar from time to time with us. Yeah. You the, know? Well, that's one of the, the funnest times I had playing music just because like, yeah, we, we didn't play, we played rock. We, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, we love yeah. country, but we played a lot of rock and roll. Right. And like, so like get to like step away and play like some acoustic bluegrassy things was always a blast. Yeah. Yeah. That, that it was cool. I always had more fun when you came with us. <laughs> Cause I was like some a places teenager now. kid, but um, yeah. And uh, speaking of playing some places, when you are in a gospel group in an area like we live in, you get asked to play all sorts of different kinds of things. Yes. Okay. That includes weddings, funerals, like oh, man, yeah. you name it. Okay, so somebody that my dad knew or I guess somewhat knew maybe, I don't know. Their like I think it was their grandma maybe that had passed away so like they're like it's like a much older lady okay and um so a long time ago it was not uncommon for this area just to have like really strange like funeral kind of stuff yeah like when somebody passed away sometimes you would stay up all night like at a church mm-hmm. with like the family like literally all night you yep. know. As like a like an all night viewing kind of thing, and then on rare occasion they would have it at somebody's house. Yep, that's a thing. Yep. Okay, so that's where this story's going. I so yeah, so we go way, way, way up a hollow, up a hollow, up a hollow, kind of one of those things to play like, and they, it was kind of like this all day thing, apparently like a celebration of this lady's life, you know. And I had no idea what. I was getting into no clue, but, <laughs> um, so, you know, we played outside. It was like a summer, summer evening. We played a couple songs outside, you know, people were, were like eating and stuff like that. I don't know if they just didn't tell me all of the details or if I just didn't listen because I was a teenager and whatever, but, um, okay. So we go in to this this old lady's house, okay? Turns out they had her in the living room. Uh-huh. Like in like like the 
the coffin, you know, set I up. I thought you were going to say like in a recliner. I was like, oh boy. No, but the where Alabama comes into play is they had blasting over like a it it was like a like a I don't know it was like a slideshow of like pictures and mm-hmm. stuff like that yeah. you know really really standard thing but the song that they had absolutely blaring throughout the house on repeat was Angels Among Us Oh boy! From that moment on, that song kind of scarred me. Like then, yeah. like I never ever thought that song was weird until that moment. It was your favorite song before then. That's what you're telling. Favorite me. song, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it just kept playing, and I don't remember what. Like maybe I was just like trying to hide behind my dad or something like that, and just not talk to anybody, yeah. or something. But we were in there for way longer than I wanted to be. I bet in there. So this song is just looping over mm. and over. <laughs> Man, it's I think it scarred me for life. Like that was <laughs> that was crazy. You would think a lot of people sometimes would pick, you know, if it's an all day thing, you think you might pick more than one song for the occasion. I guess they just put the one song on the slideshow and just let it eat. Almost favorite song. Maybe so. Maybe so. Yeah, it was it was an and the the kids choir coming in, oh yeah, made it that like, much creepier. Yeah, they man, the kids what the choir. heck, dude? Like, I got to get out of here. Looking back now, what's creepier for you, uh, that or thistle hair, the Christmas bear? Mm. I think thistle hair is still highly <laughs> That's terrifying. That's saying a lot. <laughs> Have you ever listened to thistle hair for like two hours straight though? <laughs> I think I think that's how you summon him. And then it's all over. Then. Maybe her actual favorite song uh, was like Dancing Shaggin' on the Boulevard, but they didn't feel that that was appropriate for the occasion. <laughs> like, like Mamaw, we love you, yeah. but we can't do it. There'll be no shagging on this day. We can, no. We will celebrate, but we won't shag. <laughs> <laughs> One of the strangest experiences in my entire life. <laughs> 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 oh, boy. Mm. Oh, boy. <laughs> oh, well, really, as far as the 90s go, I think I covered most of my bases. There was a few <laughs> outliers. <laughs> um, like, there's some just some fun stuff. Like, uh, Down Home was one that was, like, you know, kind of teetering on being, like, right. a four or five. What do you think about Hometown Honeymoon? I think it's catchy, and I like it, but I don't think it has the qualities that I could throw it into a top five. Oh, that, that's how I it. started it out too. in my list, and I listened to it a few times. But I don't know. It was, uh, it has like, it's a good song, but it also, I guess, like maybe just growing up in a small town, like it's got a little bit of like cringe to it also. All right. So that's, that's our 80s and 90s top Alabama tracks. Plenty of hits. So if you had to pick your top 80s, number one or 90s, which one would be? Oh my the goodness, winner. man! It's not nah, the uh, I'm in a hurry and don't know why. It has Same. to be, yeah. yeah. It's just too good. It is. It's just too good. Goes too hard, man. You guys totally have to go download our top tracks if you have not done that yet. And I know that you haven't. I just, I know I know I can, that we can see how many people I have, have the liked numbers. It. Yeah, guys. we can. Yeah. 
I have the numbers. I could stack it up. I could stack the number up against how many listens we've had on each episode. And I know that most of y'all ain't on our Spotify. What are we? What are we doing? What are we doing? Come on here? now. Come on. Come on. So yeah, join the community. Join the fun. So many good songs, and we just added a lot more. Yeah. Uh, just recently, Blackhawk top tracks, Mary Chapin Carpenter top tracks, uh, the big number episode twenty five where we added all of our favorite Brooks and Dunn songs. Man, we we just keep making it better. It just keeps getting better, but I don't understand. It's just so good. The longer you wait, the more time you're wasting not enjoying these songs and the memories attached to them with us, you know? Yeah, and if you add it to your library, every time we add a song, boom. Every time you pull up Spotify, it's on there. It's updated. Downloaded yeah. and ready for your listening pleasure. Yeah, and while you're at it, go ahead and get on our Newer Than 90s playlist as well because it's also fantastic. Yeah, I, that I'll tell you what. That's one of my more commonly uh, played things when I don't know what I want to listen to. Is right. I just spin our newer than nineties because there's a ton of good stuff on there. Yeah, absolutely. There, <laughs> there's some really really good stuff on there. Uh, aside from that, also, if you listen on Spotify, you may now notice that there is an option to contribute to the show if you like what we're doing. Uh, we gladly appreciate that. If you don't enjoy listening, hey, we love you and thanks for showing up and listening. Either way. Yes, yes, absolutely. Yeah, we, we're so appreciative of everybody that listens. And yep. it, it's just so, I don't know, it, it just makes you feel good when you see episodes climb so quickly, even that you the ones that you didn't even expect to do as well. Yep. For it to be like, sometimes we like to go into lesser-known artists, you know. And it's cool to see all you guys, like, listening to that and connecting with it yeah yeah absolutely it's awesome very cool so yeah like caleb said thank you so much for listening and uh hanging with us this is a pretty long episode so if you've made it all the way to the end with our crazy our crazy stories and (laughs) all that jazz thank you very much thank you so much for listening and um Continue to spread the word. Tell your friends. Tell your family. Yeah. And um, if you're not following on the socials, uh, Facebook, TikTok, Instagram, at Chattahoochee Podcast. We're there. Yes. We're making memes and yes, having a good time. And uh, like I also said earlier, if you listen to this on Monday when it comes out, strap in and hold on because every day this week we're going to have some awesome memes. Yeah. <laughs> We have built yeah. quite a catalog up for this episode. I've got, I've got two. I've got a few lined up that I just have to put, uh, have to create these masterpieces. <laughs> and there's a couple old Alabama memes we've made that yeah. we haven't shared in a while that we'll have to see the light of day again. <laughs> Everybody's home will be in Alabama this week. So. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Absolutely. Yeah. We love you guys. And, um, we will we'll see you over on the socials and you'll be hearing from us soon. Later days. Later.